0: You know, um, I'm a father of two, a newborn right now. Um, she's doing great, by the way. Uh, Crystal's sick this morning, so she's home with uh, Lucy this morning. But you know, it's, uh, it's so interesting during these first couple weeks of um, having a newborn, and many of you can relate to this. That you know, as a parent, uh, my wife and I have often have these conversations about, man, you know, what do you think we're, you know, about the future for our kids? And as we've prayed over our kids, you know, God has given us a word for each of them. And, and we name Leo, Leo, because le, uh, lion and because the word courage. And so we're praying over him that he'll be a man of courage one day. Um, for our daughter, we call her Lucy the, Ra- Lucy the Radiant. Uh, we're praying for her to be just radiant for Jesus and just a, a light in this world. And so it's a time for us to kind of think about what is our vision for our kids what is um, long-term thinking? Um, you know, where, who's this kid going to be one day? And you guys know as many of you that are parents, um, or I'm sure your parents, if you're not a parent yet, have, have had these thoughts about these type things. And it's just really um, an exciting time to think about that. You know, in the same way for you, as someone that has been created by God, He has a vision for your life. You've ever thought about that? I could use the word that God has a dream for your life. And so often, though, we don't consider what that dream may be. And then when we do start considering what God's dream for our life would be, we start thinking about the dreams that we have for our own life. And so often, the dreams that we have for our own lives are geared around a to-do list of doing great things. Well, I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to get this job, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to accomplish all these different things. And often, actually, in church, too, we say, well, you know, God wants to use you. And absolutely, God does want to use you. And he has a great uh, great to-do list that God's going to empower you to do. But however, um, don't oftentimes you feel used by people or used by different situations. And that's not necessarily the best thing that God offers you, actually, is to use you. It's not. That's not the gospel message. And it's not ultimately what the message of our church is. It's actually not. It cheapens it in some way. God's not just here to use you and then throw you away. You know, he loves you and cares about you so much that he gave you breath in your lungs and made you alive. It's a good starting point for us. And as we've rebelled against him and turned away from him and our mistakes against his nature, he sends his son Jesus to love us and to give himself for us. His desire for you is not just to do more or to be used more, it's to become more. It's to have a transformed life. And does that include doing? Yeah, it does. But that comes out of who you are before Him and He's made you new. It's a it's a real message of transformation. And so when we consider, when you consider what God's dream may be for your life, please go deeper than just what He wants you to do. God's dream for your life. What 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 is God's dream for your life? What is God's vision for your life? You say, well, how does this go together with this? Well, if we're going to talk about the gospel and we're going to talk about the message of Jesus going deep, it's got to go to the deepest parts of you and me. And everybody in here is an emotional being. We're created as a, a person with emotions, just like we're, at, we're a person created with talents and abilities, right? You have different talents than I do. You have different emotional reactions than I do. But just like you're uh, made with skills and abilities and, and those type of things, you're also made with emotions, <coughs> And I want to talk about how sometimes these emotions in our lives can get us stuck in life. I am not going to say this morning that God's going to take away your emotions. That's not what God wants to do today. What happens is we get stuck in the life that our emotions create for us. And we think ultimately that that's what our life is going to be. And so we lose hope. We lose a vision for our life. (laughs) I believe that God's dream, part of God's dream and God's vision for your life is to get unstuck from your emotions so that his word, his desires, and what he wants is a reflection of your life instead of just your emotions. And I want to talk about four big emotions that often we get stuck in. One is unhappiness. We'll talk about this morning, unhappiness or dissatisfaction. We're going to talk about uh, getting stuck in sadness and sorrow. We're going to talk about getting unstuck from anger. Anybody been angry before? Yeah, I've been so angry I can't even pray. I have absolutely been there. Been so angry I can't even pray. Or worry. Anxiety is a real thing for many of us, and and it can be such a controlling factor in our lives. I want to talk a little bit about getting unstuck from that. How deep can the gospel go in your life? I believe that God's dream for your life and God's vision for your life is that His message of love and truth will go so deep, it'll get you unstuck so that your life can be a reflection of what he desires, not just how your emotions get you stuck. We're also talking about this this morning because um, I've been following Jesus for about 20 years. Wow, it's crazy to say that, but for about 20 years, and I don't know that I've really heard sermons in church about getting unstuck from our emotions. My exposure was, we don't talk about emotions, or if you're angry, get over it. Okay, well, click my heels, it didn't happen, so now what do I do? <laughs> right? Or if you're sad in church, you're not allowed to be sad, right? You're happy, and, and then click your heels, and you're done. Well, that didn't happen for me, the click your heels part. And so I was left with, well, what do we do here? And God's taken me through a journey of understanding the gospel is for the whole man. Amen. The gospel is for the whole world, but it's also for the whole person, That's good. man or woman. And if I'm an emotional being, which I am, then somehow the gospel's got to speak to that. I don't have all the answers for you this morning, but I do think that as a church, as a community, we've got to start talking about where we're at in our lives. Uh, there may be many of us in this morning that put on a smile this morning, but then go home and are pretty not smiling. And I'm also not going to tell you this morning not to have those feelings. That was what I kind of grew up with and what I understood, but I'm not going to ask you to do that this morning. I'm asking to ask you to embrace those things and engage that and see what God wants to do in your life. You Is that okay this morning? Sure. Get and suck from unhappiness this morning. It's also so important. The reason I'm talking about unhappiness is everybody in here has been on the wrong end of somebody that's unhappy. What are you really unhappy about? <laughs> and you've also done the same thing where um, it has an effect on other people. And the reality is, is this piece of being unhappy or dissatisfied, uh, unsatisfied, it's like a poison. It's like being around somebody that's negative. It's like a poison to a whole office group of a working team or a church. Uh, negative people can do this. Unhappy people. Unhappiness is like poison in the water that just kind of spreads, right? And so this morning we want to talk about this. Let's look at this passage, really powerful passage, one of my favorites actually. Um, John, 15 chapter, uh, John chapter 15 verses 1 through 11. We're going to read this passage and I'm going to talk a little bit about it like I normally do. Um, I'm going to give you some things about getting unstuck and then um, we're going to watch a video at the end here this morning. Uh, Let's take a look at John chapter 15. Jesus is uh, speaking here, speaking to his disciples before he's uh, crucified and before he is dead and and before he raises from the grave. But this is, he's about to leave his disciples and he says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. There's like 15 million sermons right here. But anyway, uh, verse three, you are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you abide in me. And I knew as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you, unless you abide in me. Verse five, I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me. You can do nothing. Why is it? That's so hard for us to believe. Isn't it for apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't know why that's so hard for me. My thick skull to get that through. Apart from me, Nels, you can't do anything. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But well, I'll tell you, that verse has been taken out of context. But anyway, verse 8, my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. We're going to talk about fruit in a second. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as a father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in me. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. Here we go. So that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. Joy is in the midst of this. The best place for you in this life is when you're with Jesus. The best place for you in this life is when you're with Jesus. The best place where you are the right fit is is when you're abiding, when you're together, when you're in, when you're in his presence. That's the best place for you. Here's the interesting thing is that's the best place for everybody. He has created us and made us to have a relationship with him, to be for him. And that is our best place. That's your best place. And that includes everything that makes you a person. Every skill you have, right? Every attitude you have, every trait you have, that beautiful smile of yours that you have, your emotions, the whole person, the best part, the best place for that is to be with Jesus, that's the real gospel message is Jesus um, making that way where we can even abide with him. So he's talking about all these things. He's talking about life with him. And then at the end here, he says, I'm just saying all these things. And also chapter 14, that's pretty, some pretty awesome stuff too. I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. Joy gets in the midst of life with him. And then he says these great things in this context of grief that they're about to be without him. And they're like, wait a second, you're leaving. And he says, my joy will be in you and be complete because, hey, listen, you're going to still be with me. This morning, some of you need to hear that. That joy is connected to life and in him and with him. Ooh, that's kind of hard to read. The cure for your unhappiness is rooted and found in his joy. Many of us think that the cure for our unhappiness is rooted in something else, whether it be a person or whether it be, I finally get to have a son, whatever. Uh, maybe it's finally I get to be promoted. Um, uh, maybe, you know, finally I've got the respect that, I, that, that is due me. Finally, I'm loved by this person or, or place like, I'm, like I feel good about. The cure for your unhappiness is found in his joy. Now we're going to talk about that this morning. As we consider, um, man, that's kind of hard to read. Sorry about that. That says uplifting truths. I'll change it next week. Uplifting truths. I want to talk about some truths of this passage that can lift you up a little bit. I don't mean to in any way um, uh, make light of any of those things that are creating unhappiness in your life. Not at all. That's not what this is about this morning. I just want to lift you up a little bit, some uplifting truths. First from this passage, man, that's hard to read. Sorry. It comes from his joy, comes from his love. All right, so we're reading this passage, right? And Jesus throws this joy thing at the end. He's talking about his love, right? He's talking about being with him and how awesome that is. And he says, this is joy. Here's what the real truth is this morning that will uplift you no matter how deep your unhappiness is this morning, is that God has already done enough for you to have his joy. He's already done enough for you. And that truth can get you unstuck. The feeling that it's not enough keeps us stuck, guys. When we recognize that God has already done enough, he loved us so deeply. He loves us and values us more than anybody else could imagine, but even more than you could imagine. That one thing that he has done for you is enough. He's already done enough for you to have his joy, to be happy, to have that sense of gladness and delight. His joy comes from his love. We want to look to other things in this world, don't we? We think that a few more bucks will make me happy. We think that a few more this will make me happy. We think that this or that. When ultimately he has already done enough past tense for you to be happy and have his ultimate joy. Think about that for a second. God doesn't have to do anything else and nothing else has to happen to me or for me. Forever ahead for me to be happier. Uplifting truth this morning. His, love, his joy um, is found in his love. He loves you so much. We get so busy, we don't think about that, but he cares about you so, so, so much. He's done enough for you to where Jesus can say in this passage, hey, you can have my joy and my joys can be complete because I get to be with you. Actually, you get to be with me. Secondly, his joy is unlimited. Um, I don't know if there's an age thing to this, Um, I don't know if there's a, uh, maybe there's a maturity piece here, but uh, I will tell you um, that most people find at some point that the things that you can get from this world or from somebody else, how they can make you happy and how much they can make you happy is pretty limited. I don't know if there's an age on that. I don't know if when you get 20, you get that or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. That the happiness that something can provide from this world, whether it is even a person, whether it is money or whether it's something else. I really love um, Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwiches. I really, really love them. But the problem with them is I got to have another one and another one and another one. And it can only make me so happy. See? It's like filling a bucket that has holes in it. But it's not even that. It's filling a bucket that doesn't have holes in it. That's it. That's it. There's no more. Okay? So, whatever it may be that we are unhappy with or unsatisfied by, even if you had had that and you have it, it's only going to make you happy so much. You can't get it and make it happier, get more out of that. We try, um, our addictions, are recognition of that, that we try pretty hard. We keep at it or we want more, more complex, whatever it may be of the addiction, We try to get more out of that bucket that it just can't give. But his joy is unlimited. In the disciples' darkest hour here where they're about to go through some stuff, they don't even know what's happening. Jesus says your joy is going to be full, right? Complete? Hmm. The paradox there, isn't it? Because there's going to be a lot of unhappy things and dissatisfaction happening from this world around you. But his ultimate joy is there for you. Secondly, his joy strengthens from within. Uh, people define happiness by it being outwardly motivated or outwardly supplied. in joy as something that comes from within. You can maybe make that argument, um, but other way, I would interchange the the words joy and happy. I'm not. I don't have an issue with that. But I think the real issue is the source. And things on the outside, that then give you joy. And yes, I think we should enjoy the things in this life that God gives us. I'm not saying that at all. Listen, I enjoy spicy chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A, right? I enjoy my wife and my kids. I, I enjoy sports. I enjoy things in my life. I enjoy going whatever. You know, I enjoy going golfing or fishing. I enjoy those things. But the point is that my ultimate joy, my ultimate happiness doesn't come from anything outside of me. Because if it does, when those things may be taken away or go away, my life could be a wreck. Listen, it should be from within that inside of you, God knows who you really are and he loves you. And he loves you to the deepest level. Why is that so important? Listen, if I were to tell you, hey, I'm proud of you and I love you, that goes a certain way. It goes deep. But when maybe a parent says it to you, isn't it different somehow? I could tell you, hey, I love you, man, so much. But when your dad says it, it's something different, isn't it? Everybody's saying yes, aren't they? do you, do you get that and your father loves you and his love is greater and deeper than even when anybody else in your world says it that's why his joy strengthens within not just without one more uplifting truth here is um joy is cultivated as we read uh Jesus talk about um abiding in him and the fruit that comes forth you know fruit is grown some fruit grow every season, some fruit don't. Some fruit go fast, some fruit don't. Fruit is cultivated. And for joy, something from within that is not from without to, to grow and to develop, that is something that is cultivated. You don't just get it overnight. There have been in, uh, in a, uh, spiritual experiences that are incredibly make me happy. But you know what happens uh, early on, especially in my faith? I wanted to duplicate that exact scenario because I thought it came from the outside, see. It's actually cultivator of it's a it's a life of saying these are things out here in this world, but ultimately Jesus is all I need. It's a life of cultivating that. And isn't joy one of the fruits of the spirit? Here's why this also truth is so powerful. Joy is cultivated, but you know what? Unhappiness just kind of comes. Doesn't it? You don't have to grow it. You' know, walking to work, and he's already there. Um, some dads don 't want to come home at night, you know some moms don't want to get up in the morning they don't want to deal with it again it, that that just is there Amen. see that 's life, and that comes from our nature of wanting more than God and wanting and, and create a situation where God just isn 't enough for us and what he's done. His joy is actually cultivated also in this passage, Jesus says. Do you obey my commands, here comes this fruit. Isn't that interesting? It comes from a life of walking with him and obeying his word and obeying him. And then this fruit grows in your life and joy being a fruit of the Spirit grows in your life. And joy then can start influencing your life even more than unhappiness does. These are some uplifting truths this morning. Joy comes from his love. It's greater than anything else. His joy is unlimited, and anything else that makes you happy in this life is uh, limited. It's only so much. It's a lie when you believe otherwise. His joy strengthens within. There are things outside that we think they'll make us happier, but it's inside that truly where we, get, uh, we can have strength. And then his joy is cultivated. It takes time, a lifetime of facing the unhappiness in our life. I said facing the unhappiness in your life, not denying it. In some of my most stressful times of dealing with my own unhappiness uh, and dissatisfaction, a little difference in sadness and sorrow, we're gonna talk about that later, but specifically when you think about being dissatisfied and how frustrating that is, or when you're feeling unhappy in a situation, scenario, you feel like you're not getting what you need or want or whatever it may be, and there's a piece of unhappiness there. You know what I found that it's just kinda of come down to this rock bottom for me? In those moments when I need, need this source of happiness from somebody or something, whether it's my boss or it's my family member or it's whatever else or more money, whatever it may be. In those moments, rock bottom, I found this, that it's telling that in that moment, I recognize that God isn't enough for me. See? Rock bottom, that's what it is. Your love's not enough, I guess. That at some point, I am needing and relying and depending on these other things that are gifts from you, God, are good things too, not just bad. But you're not enough. God, grow my heart. All right, let's keep going here. Uplifting exercises. Let's talk about getting in a a little bit. Here's uh, one of the first things that's going to help you. I'll read it for you because it's kind of hard. I'll just say it. Seek loving better, not having more. Seek loving better, not having more. In your bulletin, um, on the inside page, I've gave you some additional resources. There's a book called The Lost Virtue of Happiness, Discovering the Disciplines of the Good Life. Um, a book that uh, a few people recommended to me. One of my um, professor friends uh, recommended this. Powerful book because it's a... Uh, it talks about how our nature and our society and our culture kind of makes us think that happiness comes from things and we've lost the real virtue and the real art that true happiness and true joy comes from cultivating a life with him. Right? God should make you happy, but not just because the stuff God gives you. That there is a true happiness and a true joy that comes from seeking to obey his two big commands, to love him and love others. If you make that a priority. If you pursue that in your life, a fruit of that an outpouring of that is joy. When you love him better and you love others better, there's a virtue there. And that is a pathway for happiness. We often put it on just material things. If you start cultivating a way to cultivate an exercise is to shift your pursuit to loving him better with all of you, and loving other people better. Work on that, and joy can come from that. Secondly, share it with somebody. Um, I was raised where you don't share anything, okay? So this isn't just because it's my personality or something like that. And for many years in my Christian life, I didn't share anything. You don't share weakness. You don't talk about these things. You never talk about you're unhappy because you're not supposed to be unhappy, so I feel weird saying I'm happy. (laughs) Right? Um, You know why? That's... Oh, I, lost, I missed out on those some, some years because of that. I really did. If you can share it with somebody, what happens there is that it gives somebody else a chance to give you some hope and encouragement, but it just is an opportunity for you to just embrace it a little bit and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is the real me. If you can share it with somebody, whether it's your community group leader or, or me as your pastor, if you tell me uh, you're unhappy, uh, um, I probably won't give you any answers and I'll listen to you. See, if you can tell somebody, we, we often hide these things and it just hurts us in the long run. Trust me, when you tell someone about your unhappiness, you know, this is something that's better for you. Tell somebody, share it. And then lastly, here's a big one that I want you, an exercise that many of us don't have is um, to search for the reason why. Like I said, I was taught in my early uh, following Jesus that you just deny it and you click your heels and then you're, un- you're happy again. I missed out on God trying to speak to me, I think. you'll search and find out why, let me give you a quick illustration about this. Um, If I were to put a sand, a piece of sand, a grain of sand in your eye, you'd get irritated and red and itchy and get angry at me for doing that. If I put that same piece of sand in in an um, oyster, right? What does it do? Makes a pearl. All that grain of sand does is reveal the properties of what it's in. It says something about what it's placed inside of. And in the same way, I've put a grain of sand in your eye, and your eye gets itchy. It tells me something about your eye and the nature of it. And put it in an oyster, it turns into a pearl. It tells me something about that pearl. Um, or it tells me something about that oyster. Your unhappiness is an incredible spot for God to grow you. I didn't say make you unhappy, okay? I said for God to grow you. It's an incredible season. For you to learn some properties about your your, your nature. It's an incredible opportunity for you to learn about some things that God wants to transform. It's an incredible opportunity for you to learn something about yourself that you can bring to Jesus to change and transform. Listen, I I read this in the book this week we're reading in our leadership group that um, what you're not aware of, you won't bring to Jesus. And as you go through life, An unhappy season can reveal some properties about yourself and you can bring them to Jesus. The idea is, Jesus wants to grow you and transform you. This is an incredible spot in your life. For you to learn something about yourself you did not know. But we deny and hide and deny and deny and deny. And years go by and we don't recognize that God was trying to speak to us and trying to grow us and change us whatever that unhappy thing is. I've been through some tough times in my life. I'll tell you those stories later. I will tell you that my biggest uh, leaps and bounds of growth have been through through my toughest times in life. And it's because I take this time out to search for the reason why. God, why am I unhappy? And why is having this that I don't have so important to me that it affects me this much because I don't have it? Why is it so important to me, God? I know I felt that I didn't get married until I was 29, and I I remember always feeling that when I was looking for someone to get married to, and you're trying to date, to talk to people, and you're like, man, this is so frustrating. Why is this? and 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 I just I, God spoke to me. What can he learn about yourself during this time? Why is it so important to you? Aren't I enough for you? Ooh, that hurt. Jesus, be enough for me. So when you're in your unhappiness, what do you learn about yourself? What does that tell you when you definitely need? to have this promotion. If you don't have it, it's frustrating. What does it tell you about yourself that unless this person treats you this way, you're going to be pretty upset about it? What does that tell about yourself? And then what can you, how can you bring that to Jesus? Lord, change this part of me. You should be enough. I shouldn't even care, but I do. I can't click my heels and make it go away. What I can do is I can search for the reason why and bring it to Jesus. Getting unstuck from unhappiness and um, this isn't just an overnight thing. It's not just a... It's something that you cultivate. And these truths that I've talked about this morning, that he's already done enough for you, these things that someone's going to have to remind you about. Also, when need to share it with somebody that will remind you about this. I'm going to remind you about this on Sunday mornings. I'm an encourager, and I'm a positive type guy. I will encourage you through this. Also remember that, man, those things, it's only going to get you a little bit anyhow. And then search for the reason why, Church. In those moments, God wants to speak to you if you're listening. Ask him why and let him uh, make him enough again. And the disciples, as they go forward, these guys talk about, Jesus talking about full joy, and yet they're imprisoned. They're beaten. They die. That doesn't seem very happy to me. Well, that's just it. Those things do create unhappiness, but the joy that he gives is just so much greater.